Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text for this day is found in the book of Philippians, the third chapter, beginning at the 17th verse. Brothers, join together in imitating me and in paying attention to those who are walking according to the pattern we gave you. To be sure, many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. I told you about them often, and now I am saying it while weeping. Their end is destruction, and their God is their appetite, and their glory is their shame. They are thinking only about earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. We are eagerly waiting for the, son, for, for, the, for the Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power that enables him to subject all things to himself, he will transform our humble bodies to be like his glorious body. This is the word of our Lord. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, If everyone else was jumping off of a bridge, would you? This is an expression that is used to point out the faulty logic that kids sometimes use when they are attempting to justify the bad decisions that they have made by saying that everyone else was doing it. The intention is that we answer, is that they answer this expression with no, because jumping off of a bridge is considered to be dangerous and sometimes deadly. However, we may be willing to jump off of a bridge more often than we think that we are, only this bridge is not a spiritual bridge, not a physical bridge, rather it is a spiritual one. In Paul's letter to the Philippians, he is writing to a group of people who are already believers in Christ. They already believe that He lived a perfect life for them and died an innocent death on the cross for all of their sins. They were now on the path to heaven and Jesus was their leader. However, there was a risk of them finding other leaders to follow which would lead them off of the path to heaven and down the road to destruction. And this is a very real risk that exists for us as well. So when we follow the leader, we must make sure that we do not follow the world, but rather follow Jesus. As we make our journey to heaven, there will be times when it is tempting for us to follow the world and do as the world does. After all, if we don't, we may face persecution that has lasting consequences for us in this earthly life. For example, the world embraces homosexuality and supports abortion, even though the Bible tells us that homosexuality is wrong because marriage is meant for one man and one woman, and also tells us that abortion is wrong because life begins at conception, and therefore we would be taking a life. Now we may think that it's okay for us to disagree with the world on matters such as these, However, depending on where we work, if it is found out that we, that we hold to these biblical beliefs instead of to what the world believes, then it could result in us losing our jobs. Additionally, if we have an online presence and people discover that we hold these biblical beliefs there, then, then 
they may attempt to turn the world against us and ruin our lives by means of these various online platforms. There's even a risk of us starting to think the way the world does as we spend more time in the world, since there are many things that are contrary to scripture that are so commonly accepted by the world that we may become influenced by them. Even if we agree that certain sins, such as homosexuality and abortion, are wrong, there may be other sins that we may start to think aren't so bad after all. For example, many people live together outside of marriage and live as though they were married. And we may be tempted to look at this and think that if the only thing that a couple living together outside of marriage is missing that a married couple has is just a piece of paper that says that they're married, then what difference does it make if they are living together outside of marriage or not? as long as they are in a committed relationship with each other. However, God has reserved certain things for marriage, so holding to these beliefs may end up being destructive to us. Additionally, we may look at how people in positions of power abuse that power, and we may look around at the world and see how often injustice seems to prevail over justice, and we may be tempted to think that resorting to violence is the only way to fix these issues, even though God has told us not to rebel against those in authority. Now, of all the people that we have to watch out who could lead us astray, so far we've just been looking at influences from the outside world, but the ones we have to look out for the most are the ones within the church. When Paul was writing this letter, he had the Judaizers in mind. And the Judaizers were people within the church who were trying to convince the other believers that they had to follow the Old Testament ceremonial laws and regulations in order to remain Christian. However, when Jesus died on the cross, he fulfilled these Old Testament laws and made it so that they no longer had to be kept. All we have to do is believe in him as our savior, which isn't something that we do at all, but is rather something that the Holy Spirit works in us through the word and the sacraments. But by telling people that they had to follow these laws, the Judaizers were adding to the gospel message, the message that says that all we have to do is believe in Jesus as our savior. And by adding to the gospel message, the Judaizers were condemning themselves, for as Galatians 5.4 says, you, were, uh, you who are trying to be declared righteous by the law are completely separated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. That is how seriously God takes adding to the gospel. And in the same way, we must be aware of those who are trying to add to the gospel message today. But we have to be extra careful because there are times when it doesn't really seem like they are adding to the gospel message at all. And we may even support some of the things that these people are proposing. For example, there are some of us who may think that it's more appropriate to worship in a certain way over another way and start to think that the way that we think is better is the only correct way to worship. There are some who 
look at the more traditional ways of worship and think that they are too ancient or too, or too boring and think that by introducing new contemporary ways into worship, it's the only way for us to reach out to newer people. And there are others who may look at these newer ways of worship and think that, and think that they are wrong and that the traditional ways are the only correct ways to do worship. And in the same way, there are also people who think that we have to worship on certain days of the week, such as on Sunday, or dress a certain way, such as in a suit and a tie or in a dress. And there may be good reasons for us to follow some of these things, but when we start to believe that these have to be followed in order to remain Christian, then it is, there is a very real danger that we are starting to fall away from grace by adding to the gospel message. But no matter, no matter if the people who are, uh, fo- uh, fo- no matter if the people who we are following are out in the world or within the church, when we follow the examples of people in this world, our destiny is destruction. When we do what the world wants to avoid persecution, we are looking out for ourselves and have put ourselves ahead of Christ. When we think that we that doing what the world wants isn't so bad after all. We are changing what God revealed to us in his word. When we think that there are certain things we have to do in order to remain Christian, then we are adding to the gospel message and are attempting to be justified by the law instead of by what Jesus has done for us. When we live according to the way of the world, we are living to our own glory instead of to God's glory. The result of living this way is eternal destruction in the fires of hell. Even if we think we have faith, if we live this way and do not repent, we have, in fact, lost our faith. As our text says of those who live this way, in verse 18, many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ, and in verse 19, their end is destruction. When we take a good look at ourselves, we realize that we have failed and have given in to these sins, even if we so much as consider them in our thoughts but never actually do them. The sad fact of reality is that nobody's perfect, and even Paul points this out about himself in the verses prior to our text for today. He says in verses 10 and 11 of this very same chapter that he desires to be found in Christ, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being comforted, Uh, being conformed to his death in the hope that in some way I may arrive at the resurrection from the dead. And in verse 12 he says, not that I have already obtained this, that is, obtained all the things he was writing about in verses 10 and 11, or have already reached the goal. Then in verse 13 he says, brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it yet, that is, reached the goal before him. However, despite Paul's imperfection, he reveals in verse 14 that he has been pressing on toward the goal uh, uh, so that he can enter heaven, which he can only achieve through Jesus. Now Paul urges his readers to follow his example, as well as the example of other believers who are following the same example and not the example of the world. 
However, the example that Paul is urging readers to follow is not his own doing. It is actually God who is working through Paul to live a life that pleases him. This means that by following Paul's example, we are actually following God. God the Son, Jesus Christ, came in the flesh, being conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary in a stable in Bethlehem, in order to win us our prize, the prize that none of us could win on our own, not even Paul. He won this prize for us by living a perfect life and succeeding in all the ways in which we failed. He did not fear persecution, even though he was persecuted many times for what he taught and did, such as when the people accused him of having a demon and tried to stone him when he revealed that he was God. He even ended up facing the ultimate persecution, being put to death on a cross. And yet in all these examples, he did not yield, but he stood his ground. He did not think that what the world was doing wasn't so bad. In fact, he called out the sins of the world, such as the two times when he cleansed the temple. And he even called sinners to repentance, such as when the scribes and the Pharisees were testing Jesus by asking whether or not a woman caught in adultery should be stoned or not, which ended with Jesus telling the woman, go and from now on do not sin anymore. He did not accept the man-made laws that men were claiming to be necessary for salvation, such as when the Pharisees asked him why his disciples ate bread with unwashed hands, which went against the traditions of the elders, And he called them out for only honoring God with their lips, but not with their hearts. So in all of these ways and many others, Jesus lived the perfect life that we could not live. And then he additionally won the prize for us by dying an innocent death on the cross for all of our sins and also the sins of the entire world. And then he rose from the dead on the third day, which was proof of the victory that he had accomplished over sin, death, and the devil. And that he won the prize for us, which is eternal life in heaven. So now that Jesus has won the prize, how do we obtain that prize from him? We obtain it when God brings us to faith through the word and the sacraments, which moves us to follow Jesus out of praise and thanks for all that he has done for us. Because heaven is now ours, thanks to what Jesus has done, and because God has worked through his word and sacraments to bring us to faith, Paul tells us in verse 20 that our citizenship is in heaven. We are therefore strangers here on earth, surrounded by those who are on the road to destruction, while our path is the path to heaven. We eagerly wait for the day when we will enter heaven, When Jesus will come again, this time not as a humble babe in a manger or humbly riding on a donkey into Jerusalem, but this time in all of his glory and transform our lowly bodies into glorious bodies that will be conformed to his glorious body. However, while we eagerly wait for that time to come, we must stay alert with God's help so that we do not jump off the spiritual bridge that leads to eternal life and fall to eternal destruction. The temptations to follow others off the spiritual bridge to eternal destruction are great and many, and sometimes we may not even realize that we are heading that way. However, through faith in Christ alone, we are steered back onto the right path, 
And once we finish our, our journey, eternal life will be ours, thanks to all that God has done for us to get there. Amen.